Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. This morning I want to talk to you about a series that I want to begin today and it's been a couple of years since I actually spoke on this topic. Some of you may have heard me speak on this before or may remember the message before but it's called The Blessed Life, The Secret Sauce. Everybody say that with me. The Blessed Life, The Secret Sauce. You know, I don't know about you, but how many saw the royal wedding? That was all the, that was in the news, that was on social media yesterday was the royal wedding. Raise your hand again if you saw that wedding. Okay, there's a few of us here that saw it. I didn't see it live. I didn't get up in the morning like Raquel did to watch it at four o'clock in the morning. I watched the highlights later in the afternoon. But here, here's what you may be thinking. If you're, if you're single here today or maybe married here today, you may be thinking, well, if I was married to a, to a prince, I guess I'd be living the blessed life too. Or if, you know, if I met a guy that was made out of money, had a, had a, had a, had a royalty lineage, heritage, I'd be living the blessed life. And those are things that naturally you think of you know, as, as you see them driving off from this great big cathedral, being married, and driving off in this fancy old, um, uh, what did they call Buggy, carriage, carriage, thank you. When you see this carriage, it, it looks like a Cinderella fairy tale, doesn't it? Uh, and, and it's, part of it is reality, some of it is just, it, it's not reality. That's not the real world that we live in, right? And, and sometimes we can get caught up in that and think, Think, oh, that's what I need. That's what's missing in my life. If I only had that, if I was only behind a a gated community, living in a nice two-story home, if I only had that brand new car, if I only had that job that pays me six figures, you know, uh, yearly salary, if I only had this or that, you fill in the blank, right? There's always something that we can always complain about or say, if I only had that, I would truly be living the blessed life. But I want to remind you this morning, God's given you exactly what you need today. Amen? God's given you what you need. God, in fact, we're going to learn today about the secret sauce of life. Amen? How many remember that even KFC has their secret recipe They have the secret recipe of seven herbs and spices. How many remember that, right? You can Google all this stuff and and, and create your own fried chicken if you want. Or McDonald's secret sauce recipe. They add this secret sauce that makes it taste so much better, or so they claim. And there's always the new and improved this, the new and improved that. And supposedly you're going to buy into that because, well, that'll make it better. That'll make my life easier and so forth. God has given us exactly what we need today. Say that with me. God has given me what I need today. He truly has. And and so what I want to challenge you today is that you can walk out of this place today knowing what that secret sauce is. If you don't know what it is. If you think it's in money, you're sadly mistaken. If you think it's in an automobile... You're sadly mistaken. If you think it's even in a relationship with somebody here or somebody that you've yet to meet, you're sadly mistaken. You have today what you need. 
And that is the secret sauce of life, which we're going to talk about this morning. But I, I do want to, at the outset, remind you of these things here. The enemy of your soul would do anything to keep you from discovering God's principles, governing financial stewardship, giving, and blessings. No, this, this sermon isn't about giving, so to speak. It's not about your money. And I never speak on money. I don't do that as a rule because I don't want people coming in and say, well, there goes another preacher, pastor, minister talking about money. All they want is money. No, God doesn't need your money, number one. God doesn't need your money. Pastor Rick doesn't need your money. That's a fact. We do, however, have to pay for the rent of this uh, building every month. And I have, we have a giving church here. Pat yourself on the back right now. We have a giving church that loves to give of their time, talents, and treasures. But here's the truth. When you discover these principles... It will transform your life. These principles that I'm going to talk to you about and speak to you about this morning. It will change every area of your life from, from how you manage your relationships to how you manage your, your, even your finances. And ultimately, it impacts the kingdom of God. That is what I want you to get out of this series that I'm beginning today. So let's back up. What does it mean to say I'm blessed? What does that mean? You hear people often say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, be blessed. Oh, bless you, God bless you when you sneeze. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And you're all thinking about what that may mean. That may mean for you, oh man, having every credit card paid off so I can cut them up. Not owing any person, any man, um, having my mortgage paid off, then I'd be living the blessed life. Maybe meeting that right special person that I can get married to, and then I'd be truly blessed. No, it's none of those things. None of those. While all those are great things to have and great goals to have, and I would encourage you to, to stick to those goals, they're not about what it means to be blessed. It simply means to have God's favor in your lives. How many, like me, want to have God's favor in your life? That means that everything you touch. How, how many here know somebody, it just seems seemingly that everything they touch just works out for the good? There's always somebody that we know. Everything that, there's an expression, everything they touch turns the gold. You know, everything they do works out for them. You know somebody like that? I think we all do, right? Somebody comes to your mind when you hear that expression. And sometimes you may catch yourself saying, I want to be like that person. And in a lot of these cases, they've understood what that secret sauce is, what the blessed life is, and they're following God principles. In fact, I'll tell you this, you don't even have to be a believer to be blessed and, and have the secret life. There's principles, there's laws from God that apply to believer and non-believer. If you follow them, those principles will apply to your life. And I want to share with you what I mean by that. So to be blessed again is to be blessed physically, spiritually, psychologically. To have wholeness in your life. How many desire that? How many want to be completely whole in their life? To, to, to walk in confidence, to walk in blessing everywhere. To have a blessed marriage. To have a blessed relationship with your children, with your grandchildren, with your in-laws, outlaws, whatever you want to call them, with your parents, with your job place. That's what a blessed life is all about. And so this morning I want to talk to you about living the blessed life. 
The opposite of being blessed is to be selfish. Selfishness is a natural born tendency that we all have. And if you don't believe me, just check out Skylar. Skylar, where's Skylar? She, there she is. My brother Ruben's holding her. And what I mean by that, one of the very first words that beautiful, beautiful baby is going to say when she's playing with toys, one of the very first words she's going to learn is mine, mine. Now, why is that? Do parents teach them that? No. Other ki- they, they see other kids. Why? Because we're selfish in our nature. You have to be taught to be generous. Did you know that? You have to be taught to be giving. You know, one of the great joys I have as your pastor is we have givers here of their time, their talents and treasures, people that I can trust. We have a dream team here that, that comes and helps set up, that, that we help tear down. Pastor Rick can't do this by my, I can't do this by myself with my daughter and, and, my, and my wife. We just can't do that. That's why we have you guys to help. All of you pitch in with your time, your talents, your treasures. We have people coming from Sacramento. We have people coming from Angwin. We have people that come from Marin County here to this church. Why? Because they love the Spirit of God here. Amen? Amen. Amen. So again, we need to learn to be the opposite of selfish, which is to be generous. Be generous with your time, your talents, and treasures. See, God is a giver. It starts with God. He has always been our example. In fact, John 3.16, for God gave His only begotten Son. He is a giver. He's given you life. He's given you redemption. He's redeemed you from all your sins, forgiven you of all your sins. He's given that gift to you, free at no cost to you. He's generous. He's never withheld anything back from you. If you ask Him, He gives it to you. Amen? But here, here's the thing. While God is generous, God is giving Satan is selfish. Satan always wants, 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 and takes, takes, takes. The enemy wants to have you live your life in that mode of just taking. Taking maybe from your spouse rather than being giving and and just making it all about you. That's the enemy's lifestyle. That's the world, the way the world system is, is what can I take today? Who can I climb over today and knock down off the, the corporate ladder? Or who can I kick around today? That's a selfish, selfish attitude. Rather, God wants you to be generous. Amen? Amen. And again, as I look out here, I see generosity just flowing out of some of you, just dripping out of some of you here. And that's because you've learned that principle. The Bible says it was selfishness that got Satan kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Remember? It was his selfishness, his pride. Those two go hand in hand. Selfishness and pride go hand in hand. You start getting prideful... That ego starts getting big, be careful. You're going to be start getting more selfish and more selfish. And it doesn't end up good with you. I've never ever seen somebody who's generous not be blessed. People that are generous constantly are being blessed. What did our, ser- our sermon scripture say this morning? Our scripture verse. It is better to give than to receive. How many have found that to be true? Raise your hand if you found that to be true in your life. Amen. So one of the ways we learn to be blessed is to learn to become grateful. Grateful. Everybody say the word grateful. Grateful. So here's what I want you to grasp this morning. A grateful heart is what produces generosity when you allow the Lord to remind you of all he has delivered you from. 
And because of that, that gratefulness is then reflected in your giving of your time, your talents, your treasures. You'll want to give with generosity. You'll want to give when you know what God has brought you out of. How many are thankful that you're not who you were at one time? How many are thankful that you're not living where you were at one time? How many are thankful that God has brought you out and brought you into a place where now he can pour out blessings on your life? Amen? Now, we can choose to live in Egypt. Egypt is, is an Old Testament. When we, when we refer to that, we're referring to a place of captivity spiritually, a place of bondage spiritually. That's what we refer to when we say Egypt. And I'm thankful that I am saved, that my church here family loves the Lord, that you're doing the very best you can in your lives. Amen? Amen. I'm thankful for all of you. But I'm thankful to the Lord for saving me from an eternity without Him. Yes. Amen? Amen? So today again, we're going to learn it's all about the heart. The secret sauce is in your heart. Look at your neighbor and tell him, the secret sauce is in your heart. Martin, the secret sauce is in your heart. Amen. The secret sauce is in your heart. The Word of God is filled with principles. Life eternal principles and laws. And I want you to follow along with me here this morning. I want to read from Luke chapter 6. I don't think I have this scripture on the outline, but Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 37 and 38. I just want to read two verses. You don't need to stand this morning. I'm just going to read them real quick here. This is Jesus here speaking, and he's talking about judging. Listen to these words. It says here in verse 37, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your word. And Father, your word is filled with timeless and uh, never-ending principles, Lord. They, they, they work for a believer just as well as they do for a non-believer. Um, and Lord, I just pray your blessings this morning. Bring anointing to this message that we might have a deeper understanding of where we need to be in terms of our heart condition, in terms of living a blessed life. So, Father, that we can be a blessing to those around us. So I pray, Father, your blessing today upon each one of us, that we would have wholeness spiritually, physically, psychologically, Lord, that we would walk out of here transformed and renewed in our minds and in our spirits so that you would receive all the glory and honor. And we pray that this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. So, again, that scripture that we just read, it states real clearly, and this really had a big impact on me the first time I, I read this in this particular um, context a few years back. It states that if you give judgment, everybody say, if you give judgment. You give judgment. And can I just say, um, I, you know, my brother Martin alluded to it while he was doing worship. Um, he alluded to how, how easy it can be to fire back at somebody and give judgment back. Now, 
What he was referring to there, there's a righteous anger that God places in you that you need to stand up and declare sometimes. You need to speak the word of God and, and, and tell them straight up how it is. The, the, God Almighty places his Holy Spirit in you. If there's somebody coming at you with something as what he was referring to, racial, divisive, you need to actually, you need to get righteous anger and, and you need to let him know that. Amen? You need to express that. But at the same time, we got to be careful with judging others. Everybody say it's God's job to judge. It's God's job to judge. Can I get an amen? Yes. Amen. I think far too often our church world gets it so mixed up. We think we're God and we can judge others, right? How many have ever felt judged in the church? Right? Don't raise your hands because I know that's. Most of us, at some point, you have felt judged by somebody. And that's not right. And I've asked here before you in the past to forgive me, the church, if we've ever done that to you. Because that's not our job. That's God's job. Again, as Billy Graham once said, it's our job to love. Or, excuse me, it's, it's, it's our job to love, the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and God's job to judge. You and I are to love one another. Amen? So here, listen to that scripture again. If you give judgment, you'll get judgment back. If you give forgiveness, you'll receive forgiveness back. That is so powerful. What are you giving out today? Let me ask you this morning, each of you. What are you giving out? Because whatever it is, you're going to receive it back. Here's the problem with that scripture. Because I told you, I looked at it differently. See, a lot of preachers will say this, that particular scripture. Give and it will be given to you. They say, yes, give. Give to Foothill Christian Fellowship and you'll receive your healing today. You'll receive a fat bank account. How many have heard things like that, right? The the TV preacher, you won't hear me saying that because I'm not God. But, But there are TV preachers that will say that to you. They're using and misquoting that context of the scripture there. You're not to give, give to, to get. You're to give to give. There's a big difference. How many love giving gifts away to your children and seeing the smiles on their face? There's nothing like it. Now, parents who've done that, or maybe uncles, aunts, as you've done that, or, or uh, brothers, sisters, as you've given somebody a gift, it's a beautiful thing to see their pearly whites and smile and a, get a big old reaction. Now, are you expecting something back from them? No. You, the, the gift is in giving them that gift. It's not in expecting anything back other than a thank you, right? Uh, that's all you, you should expect. But you shouldn't expect them to now go out and get you a nice, beautiful uh, Michael Coors bag, right? Or whatever it may be. For all you Michael Coors fans here, that's Anna in the back. Give to give. Give to give. Don't give to get. I want to start with that. Giving with the right heart. God blesses the giver. God blesses the giver. Amen? God, or give because you want to help someone or you want to be a blessing to someone. Don't give to someone because you're expecting payback someday down the line. Um, I don't go to... Mother Betty's house and help her out because I expect her to help me out sometime down the road. No. 
I don't go to my brother Martin's house and help him out with a certain situation or loan him money because one day soon, you know, I'll need the same favor. No, I help him because I want to help him. Amen. Let's develop that attitude. Learn to give to give, not to get back. That's what the world teaches you, right? Uh, I have another passage I want to read to you from the fifth book of the Bible, the Old Testament. It's Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 15. These are principles that you want to listen to, that you want to establish in your life. Deuteronomy chapter 15, if you're turning there, I'm going to start with verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7 says the following, if anyone is poor among your fellow fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land, the Lord your God is giving to you. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Now I'm going to skip down to verse 10. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Let me say that again. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Amen. Amen. Now here again, there's, there's principles there that I want you to grasp. It's, it's talking about giving with the, right, with the right heart. How many want to have the right heart when you're giving? Uh, that's why we often look at the homeless person when we're leaving Target in Vallejo or wherever you may be. There's seemingly a homeless person on every street corner. And, and they're begging, and we just kind of roll our eyes. Oh, there's another one. You know, where's our heart? Have we asked God, Lord, does this, can I bless this person? I challenge you, ask yourself that. And if the Lord is saying, yeah, go back and go to Burger King there, go to McDonald's, get them a meal, give them something to eat. You don't have to give them your cash money. Bless them with a meal. Rather than just passing by and going, well, there's another one. Learn to be generous. That's an obvious need around us, all around us. There's needs within our group here, within your church. I I always want to emphasize taking care of the needs here of the church first. Taking care of the needs of those that are here. If you have a need, let me know. Let us know how the church can be a blessing to you. And if we can't do it, I'll find someone that can be a blessing for you. Amen? But, But help us, Lord, to understand this commandment. To give generously and do so without a grudging heart. Not going back and saying, man, I wasted 10 bucks on that meal, that happy meal that I gave to that homeless person. I could have used that, put some more gas in my car. Don't give grudgingly, give generously. Give out of your heart. Don't be a grumbler and complainer. I want you to look at your outline. I have a a few points here. And I want to start with point number one. How to deal with a selfish heart. Because let's face it, the natural reaction is we're selfish. We're born selfish, all of us. Pastor Rick was born selfish. Pastor Anna was born selfish. You're born selfish. You, don't, you aren't born a natural giver. You have to be taught that. Just like racism is taught. It's a, you're not a born racist. Let me tell you that. You're not born that way. You're taught that. 
We have to be taught to be generous. Amen? You know, going back to the first word a child learns, one of the very first words outside of mommy, daddy, papa, mama, whatever those words may be, one of them will be mine. Mine. How many parents remember that? Mine. And you got to teach your child, no. you got to share with your sister, your brother. you got to share with the other kids. But all they can say is mine. And they want it all for themselves. We can be that way too with our possessions, with our time, our talents, our treasures. Careful with that. Careful with that. And I'm going to touch on why we need to be careful with that. Here's a problem for us men. With men, it's, a, it's an issue, this, this selfishness. And all you women there elbowed your husbands right now and said, yeah, I know what you mean, Pastor. Because here's the problem. I'll give you an example. And you tell me I'm wrong, man. You, or you tell me I'm wrong, women. You're going through the drive-thru. You're going through the drive-thru. And you say, because men, we already know what we want, right? It worked last time, and we're going to order the same thing, right? Because it worked last time, right? So I'm getting a number one. Go large. Go big. And honey, what do you want? Oh, I don't want anything. I'll just share some of your fries. And then you look back at her and say, like, uh, no, you won't. I want my fries. If you want some fries, I'll get you some fries because I want to eat all my fries. I don't mind sharing. That's not the problem, but I want to eat all the fries. I'll get you fries. If you, no, honey, I don't want it. And, and, and that's because we're selfish, right? We, we tend to be selfish. Of course, when you're first dating, oh, honey, yeah, sure, we'll share. You get past that real quick and you say, no, honey, I'll get you your own fries. And then, of course, you do order them. And then she, she tells you later, well, why did you get me some fries? I didn't want to eat all the fries. And, and yet you want to enjoy your fries. Amen. So, again, us men, sometimes we're, we're tough at that. We're so selfish. We don't even want to share our food. Right. And it could be the drive through. It could be at a nice restaurant where, you know, you're. Your wife's looking at your plate. She might have ordered a salad because she's trying to stay on that diet. And, and she's looking across and you, your plate just looks so good. And, and she goes, well, can I have some of that? And you're looking at her, well, you should have ordered more than a salad, you know? And, and, and we're just selfish. We're selfish, us men. So, number one, ask yourself, am I being selfish in my life? And only you can answer that. Only you, men and women and Young people in here can answer that. Are you being selfish? And then number two, uh, or am I selfish? Do I behave selfishly? Am I truly not sharing things with my spouse, with my children, with those around me? One of the great blessings we have in our church is we don't have a church building. We rent this facility out. So all of you have been to my house dozens of times, some of you hundreds of times by now. Why? Because we share that with you. When we bought that house, it'll be three years in July. God said, this is the place where you will meet and you will open up your house. It was not a question of, it was a matter of when we're going to start that. And so consequently, all of you have been to my house dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Amen. We love to do that. We want to give generously because it's not my house. It's God's house that's supposed to be opened up to all of you. Amen. 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 So, number two, let me go to the next point. How to deal with a grieving heart. And what do I mean by that? Well, how many have ever given, whether it's here or maybe it's at a, 
uh, you're at a function and, and they're raising money and you give a large sum of money. Maybe it's to a relative. You, you loan somebody some money and then, and then immediately you begin to say, oh man, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I hadn't given that money because I could have used that money this week. This bill came up. My car broke down. I could have used that money this week. And you're just kicking yourself. You're grieving in your heart. That's wrong, okay? Number one, that's wrong. I want to point out to you, when you give, give with a generous heart. I have a couple of people, a few people here in this church. They give their tithes and offerings, and they put them in an envelope. And you know what they write on the outside? Given with a cheerful heart. Given with joy. It's a joy to give, and expressions like that. And they do that every single time. And it just, it thrills me because they've discovered that principle of giving, of giving of their time, their talents and treasures with no reservation, being generous, amen? So don't deal with a, with a grudging heart. If, if so, you're going to be greedy. That's really the symptom of a greedy person. I, I don't know about you, but ah, I don't like greedy people. I, if I see that in my, in my spirit, in my life, I, I pray about that. I say, Lord, help me with that. I don't want to be a greedy person. And, and again, do I want more for my life? Do I want more for, for my family? Of course I do. But I don't want to be greedy. Let's, let's go back to verse 10 here in Deuteronomy. I want to read this verse here, Deuteronomy 15 and verse 10. It says this. It says, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. And the Lord will bless you in all you do. Everybody say the word all. all. What does all mean? Let me tell you what it means in the Greek. It means all. That's what it means. It means all. Even in the Hebrew, the Old Testament, which it was written in. It means all, everything that you put your hand to. It means when we were referring to that person, I asked you, do you know that person that everything they touch seems to turn to gold? Everything they touch seems to work out in their favor. Everything, everywhere they go, their business choices, their decisions, everything seems to flow for them. That's what the Lord is saying here, is that when you give generously and do it without a greedy heart, in other words, don't hold back, just say, Lord, this is yours. I give generously. When you do that, the Lord himself says this. This is a promise. He will bless you and all you do and all you put your hand to. I want to share with you an illustration this morning. Our youth group is so unselfish. Amen. Hey, Nigel. What's up? Pastor Rick? Yes. I'd like to give you $100 for our youth group. Are you serious? Yeah. Here's um, 20 Whoa. 40, 60, 80, 100. $100. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We will put it to the youth group. Amen. Thank you, Nigel. Give him a big hand. Look at that. A hundred bucks. He comes to our youth group on Friday nights. And he's an awesome, awesome young man of God. But let me tell you, it's not because he gives a hundred bucks. And let me, let me back up a little bit more. Way back. Way back. That was an illustration for you and I to see. I gave him that hundred bucks before the service. Okay? Now, you know why it was so easy for him to give that to me? You know why? 
Because it wasn't his. It wasn't his to begin with. So he gave it to me. Let me ask you this morning. Is the money that you have in your bank account, is it yours? I didn't hear you. Is it yours? No. Is the money I have in my bank account mine? No. Who does it belong to? The Lord. The Lord Almighty. Amen. That illustration is for each of you to see that what you have, what you rolled up into this morning, whether it's a Rolls Royce, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, or a Toyota Sienna van, like my wife Anna, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God Almighty. The house that we purchased three years ago doesn't belong to me. It's God's house. God said, I want you to use it for His glory, for His honor. Amen? Why? Because it's not mine. I, we don't have a problem having people over to our house. I know some people would. Some people do. And, and, and that's fine. That's, you make your own choices. But as for me and my house, we said, this is your house, Lord. We're going to open it up to everybody. So give Nigel a big hand again. That was awesome. Thank you, Nigel. I want to make sure that you understand that principle. That what you have, you don't own anything. In fact, I'll even take it a step further. Um, how, many, how many own their home outright? Raise your hand if you do. That's, it, that's a lifetime commitment right there. If you have a deed to your home, let me tell you this right now. You don't really own it. You don't own it. You have, how many have a pink slip to a car right now? You have a pink slip to a car, you own it outright. You really don't own it. You don't own it. That's Martin's beautiful guitar right there. Yeah, careful, huh? <laughs> he doesn't really own it. God blessed him with it. God blessed you with the vehicle you're driving in today. God blessed you with the home you're living in today. Yeah. It's not yours. God blessed you with it. Amen? Yeah. I'll just share this last story uh, regarding that. And I've shared it here multiple times. There was a friend of mine that one day... He rolled up, and he had this beautiful boat attached to his truck. And I said, man, that is a beautiful boat you have there. And this was in a simple two-person seat or two-seater you take out onto a lake. This was a seaworthy vessel uh, for deep-sea fishing, cruising. I said, man, that's a beautiful boat. He goes, thank you. I worked hard for it. And I said, well, man, God bless you. And uh, he said... No, I really worked hard for it. I said, I'm sure you did, but God blessed you with the ability to buy that boat. And then he looked at me and he said, no, you don't understand. I really, I worked a lot. I put a lot of hours and I, and I worked hard for this. And then I looked back at him. I said, no, you don't understand. God gave you the ability to have a job, to work hard, to earn the money, to pay for that boat. And we were kind of at a stalemate. I was trying to get him to understand all the blessings that we have come from above. He finally got it. But don't leave here thinking today that you own anything. And that includes your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. They're a gift to each of us. Amen? They are a gift. And as such, you treat them as that. You treat them as a gift. Respect them as a gift to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's move on. Let's move on. All, so all the money we have is God's. All the things we own belong to God. Amen. Number three on your outline. Developing a generous heart. 
Lord, help us to develop a generous heart. So let me ask you this question this morning. Ask yourself this. Am I generous? Am I generous? Now, don't raise your hand if you are. I know who you are already, okay? And that's, that's, that's the church here. You are generous of your time, your talents, your treasures. But are you generous? The Bible tells us to give liberally. What is liberally? Above and beyond. It's not just give, give what you can. Liberally means to go above, to sacrifice. Give sacrificially sometimes. I know it's a sacrifice to be here sometimes on a Sunday morning for some of you at 10 o'clock. And, and let's get here before 10 o'clock. Let's get here at, at a quarter to 10, 10 minutes to 10. Don't wait till 10 o'clock to walk in or 10.05. Let's get in here on time because you don't want to miss the, the worship. You don't want to miss. That's the most important part of the service is the worship. To set the tone for your heart to receive the word of God. Amen. And, and so again, Lord, help us to develop a generous heart. To give generously of what he has blessed each of you with. See, each of you have different talents. I look around here, I see different talents around here. And each of you that have those different talents have learned how to give liberally and generously of that. Amen. I want to read another scripture. But before I ask or read the scripture, let me ask you this. Where is your treasure this morning? Where is your treasure? I'm not talking about a pot of gold. Locked away in your back closet somewhere. I'm not talking about that or all the Michael Coors bags you got in your closet. I'm not talking about that. But where's your treasure? What do you value the most? I want to read Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. In the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21 says the following. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is there your heart will be also. What is important to you this morning? What is that treasure? Because your heart's going to be right there. Um, financially for me, and for some of you here today as well, I would think most of you, some of you have a 401k or some retirement plan that you're looking forward to, to getting at some point. Uh, honestly, part of my treasure is there, so I monitor it every now and then because that's something I look forward to. Now, if it's there... When that time comes, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, whenever I decide to retire, um, and, and let me throw out another thing. There's no retirement in God's word. Did you know that? For, for Pastor Rick, there's no retirement. I, I don't plan on ever retiring. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't plan on that. But now, are we preparing for that? Yes, we do that. And, and God bless you for those that can. That's, that's awesome if you can. And you can afford to live a life of retirement. That's a blessing. Amen? But... Um, for us, here, you may have a treasure in your 401k. It may be in real estate. Whatever it is, your heart's going to be there. Your heart's going to be monitoring that. But here's what I want to ask you this morning. If you want your heart to be in the kingdom of God and in the things of God, is it truly, are you truly putting your treasures there? Are you investing into the things of eternity? Are you investing into your relationships with one another? with your spouse, with your children. See, you don't get a do-over. You don't get a do-over. This is it right now. This is it. You're investing now. There's no do-overs later. If, if you mess it up, it's messed up. How many know what I'm talking about? It's very hard to fix 
things that have been wrong later on down the road. It's, can it be fixed? Yes. But it becomes extremely difficult down the road to fix things that aren't taken care of right now. Amen? The Lord wants you to put your treasure where your heart is. Is your heart in the right place this morning? That's what I'm challenging you this morning. Is your heart in the right place? Do you want a better marriage? Do you want a better relationship? Do you want to be known as a better co-worker? Well, then put your heart into it. Invest in those things. Invest your time in those things. Are you investing in your honey? Men, I'm talking to you. Are you taking her out on dates? Are you going out? Honey, it's time for a date. Doesn't matter. I don't have time. I'm too tired. No, it's time for a date. Sometimes you just got to insist on dates, right? You know what I'm talking about this morning. Sometimes you have to do that. On the flip side, spouses, you wives, if your honey's not asking you for that, then it's time for you to step up and say, honey, we have to go out on a date. Pastor Rick said, we have to go out on a date. And it's going to improve our relationship. So I want you to take me out to this restaurant. And you tell them what restaurant you want. And, and, and you tell them. Because it's important for your relationship. It's important for your marriage. Amen? Amen. Invest in those things that are worthwhile. There's a lot of things that occupy our time out here right now that won't matter in eternity. There's a lot of things that will take your time and if you allow it, it will steal that time from your family, from the things that are most important, from your walk with God. Now again, there's, I'm not trying to say there's, it's wrong to do this or that. Just make sure that you're using your time wisely. Amen? Use your time wisely. Where is your treasure this morning? Put your treasure, put your heart into it to build a better relationship with your family and then your heart will follow. Those that have learned this principle already are living the blessed life. I consider myself to be living the blessed life. If you, if you haven't noticed, I love my wife with all my heart and I love my children with all my heart and I invest in that. I put my time into that. And conversely, so does my wife. She invests into me, into our children, and I live the blessed life. I, I believe I live the blessed life. I believe that God blesses me in, in things I do. Uh, I believe that at workplace, because I work there, and this isn't to say that, oh, Pastor Rickard, you, you got a big ego. No, I believe that we have record sales months. There as, I work there at this company, a food company. We have record sales months. I believe that because I work there. I, I pray for our company to do well. I pray for it to do well. Pray for your company to do well. It's called job security, people. Job security. And when you have a record month, you get blessed back in return. That's part of the, 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 the gifting there. But I don't, I'm not concerned about getting anything back. I'm praying for blessings for the company I work for. Amen? God will bless you where your heart is. Because that's where your treasure is. This morning as I close, I want to go to the fourth point. Developing a grateful heart. Developing a grateful heart. And going back to Deuteronomy, if, you're, if you still have that place held there, I want to read verse 15. Just one verse from Deuteronomy. And that was Deuteronomy 15 and verse 15. It says this, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord God redeemed you 
That is why I give you this command today. It's so important for us to remember that you were once slaves to sin, that you were in bondage, that you were bound like this, that you lived in a world that was not pleasing to God. Your actions weren't pleasing to God. I've told you, I've shared my testimony, how I, when I backslid and walked away from church, and uh, I just felt so way out there, uh, so alone and so away from God, that it took me a moment where I felt like the prodigal son, where I finally said to myself, what in the world are you doing here? I woke up and said, what are you doing? And I came to my senses and I realized, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for this point, what I've done with my life. Help me now to walk with you. And he has every day of my life since that moment, many years ago. Lord, help us to develop a grateful heart for what you've done in our lives. See, how many are thankful that God has forgiven you today of your sins, of your past? You know, you don't have to live in condemnation. You don't have to live according to what somebody said about you, called you, thought about you. Because God knows you're his child, you're his son, you're his daughter here today. And he's forgiven you of your past. Amen? I don't know about you, but I get excited when I think about that. I get excited that God has forgiven me. God has given me a new lease on life, just like he has for you. One final scripture I want to read. Psalms 24 and verse 1. Remember this, church. Remember this scripture if you don't remember anything else. It says this. The, Lord, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein. Again, what it's saying here is the earth is the Lord's. What is in the earth? What is on here? Everything. Who does it belong to? It belongs to the Lord. The Lord is saying, it's not yours. It's not mine. It's His. If we can learn that principle, that it all belongs to God, that we don't own anything, we can then truly recognize, maybe for the first time in our life, how to give, how to share what He's given you. Amen? How many, you know, when, when we pass away, you know, the old expression, you can't take it with you. You ever seen a, a hearse pulling a U-Haul? No, you'll never see that because you can't take it with you. God's given you blessings on this earth so that you may be a blessing to those around you right now, not in the life to come. You can't take it with you. You use those blessings that he's given you to be a blessing to those around you right now. You can't take it into this or can't take it into the next world. You came into this world with nothing, just like that naked baby. You'll go out the same way with nothing. Amen. But here's the difference. You now in this lifetime will have invested into the things of eternity. You're invested with your time, your talents, your treasures. You've now shared with your family, your, your son, your daughter, your, your, your husband, your, your, your wife on the things of God. And that's investing into the things of eternity. That is something that you can't buy. Amen. That is something that you can't replace. Amen. What the Lord blesses you with is to be a blessing to others. I want to remind you of that this morning. The blessed life is living your life to be a blessing to others at all times. Use your time 
your talents and treasures. Some of you, I think, have talents that you haven't told us about yet. Some of you are hiding some of those talents. God doesn't want you to be like the person that he gave them talents in the, in the New Testament and went and, went and hid them, hid the talents. He doesn't want you to be that person that goes and hides your talent. He wants you to use your talent for his glory. And in that process, you and everything you touch will be blessed. I don't know about you, but I want to be that person that, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my being. I give you my words. The words that I speak bring you glory and honor every day that my actions would glorify you, that those that come to this church would see that, Lord, Pastor Rick sold out to you as well as he should be because he's the pastor. But Lord, help me to be like that. I want to be like, like you, Lord. I want to be a, a Christ follower sold out to you, Lord. So here's what I want to challenge you this, this week. And, and as I do that, I, I'd like for you to stand this morning, if you would. I want to challenge you with this. I want you to be prayerful this week. And I want you to look for a need around you. I want you to look for a need. And I want you to bless a need around you. And I'm going to pray a prayer that God would present a need right smack dab in front of each of you. And that you would know without a shadow of a doubt when you see that need, what that need is. And that you would be a blessing to that person. Maybe that need, whatever it may be, that you would be a blessing. That you would begin to learn this principle of giving with a generous heart. And now don't get greedy and say, but Lord, I, I needed that 50 bucks to bless that person with that needs that 50 bucks right now. Maybe it's 500. Maybe the Lord spoke to you and says, I want you to bless that person with 500 bucks. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you and telling you, I want you to give that person $1,000. Maybe that person's telling you to give them your car. I, I don't know. God might speak to you differently. He, he will tell you and he'll speak to you. But I challenge you this week, seek a need around you and bless that need and watch what happens. Watch how God will bless you and everything you touch then becomes a blessing to those around you. Amen. How many want to receive those blessings in their life? Amen. Amen. While Martin plays this last song, I want to invite you to come on up and just... Just ask God to bless, to help you to be a blessing to those around you. Amen. Not to be blessed, but to be a blessing to those around you. I believe you're already blessed. Amen. Uh, the, the church here is blessed already. I didn't see anybody walking in here with a wheelchair. I didn't see anybody struggling to breathe this morning. I believe you're blessed beyond measure. But I pray, Lord, this morning, God... Help us to see with eyes of faith this week. Help us to see the needs around us. And I pray for every member here of this church, every person that's going to hear this later online. Lord, I pray, God, that when they see that need smack dab right in front of them, that, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you would speak to them. That, God, that you would speak to them on how and what they should do to help that individual, that circumstance. I pray that it would be something that they would be able to do, Lord, by faith. I pray that in the name of Jesus for every single one here today. And Father, we thank you that, Lord, that we can live the blessed life 
that, that we can learn that the secret sauce is really in our heart in developing a generous heart. So Lord, help us to have that heart that will look to you for you are the author and finisher of our faith. Father, we love you and thank you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.